0: amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, and we're kicking off a new series called Better, God's Way to a Better Life. How many could use some better in your life right now? And I think all 10 of us that agree with that, we. No, I, I think sometimes we can get caught up um, with so many things that are happening in our world. It seems that things are getting worse and worse and Every day there's a a mass shooting, there's an injustice, there's this, there's that. And if we're not careful, I really believe as believers, as things are getting worse around us, we too will fall into the trap and the lie of the enemy that things aren't going to get any better for us. And I believe as a people of God, we need to have hope. Come on, we need to have faith that, listen, though the the world may be falling apart, listen, how many know when the world gets darker, his kids shine brighter? And in Daniel 12, 3, it says this, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the stars and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. And I just believe that even in the worst of times, God's people can get better not that we are better than anyone else, but that God is calling us to better, to be better, that the fruit of our lives would speak better of our God, that we would have a better mindset or a better outlook on life, that we would have better friendships and better relationships, better marriages, better families, better kids, better parenting skills, can I get a witness, come on, better stewards, better health, that we would feel better by being a part of God's family as we prayed in communion, that we'd even have better businesses. How many of you would just like to get better? Come on. You would just like to get better. And I believe the life of Daniel exemplifies that more than any other Bible character, that Daniel and his buddies were able to get better despite what was going on in their world, uh, in their world at that time. And it's the same with us. We can get better no matter what's coming against us. I wanted to open up with a passage of scripture from the book of Daniel, chapter 1, verses 17 to 20, that really captivated my heart and really got me thinking about this call to better, not to just be better, but to better. A call to better. In other words, God's way to a better life. It says, as for these young men, verse 17, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now, at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all... Among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. Verse 20, underline this in your Bibles or highlight it in your Bible app. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them 10 times better. Everybody say 10 times better he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. I wanna ask you as we kick off this series, how do we get better when the culture says our convictions and beliefs as Christians are not relevant anymore? As Christians, how do we get better in all matters of wisdom and understanding if society in general believes our truth is outdated? And how do we influence our world as believers for the better if we ourselves are not experiencing a better life? In fact, a lot of Christians I meet are more bitter than they are better. The book of Daniel and his life encourages us that it is possible not only to survive, but to thrive as a faithful follower of God, even under the most difficult circumstances, even in the most difficult and hardest of cultures, the people of God can thrive. And I believe God is calling us to better. Listen, so we can shine brighter Listen, while not every Christian today faces the severe persecution and oppression that Daniel and his three friends encountered, we do live in a toxic culture that is hostile to our faith and opposes the truth of Scripture that we confess and live by. You see, the book of Daniel reveals to us that even in the midst of opposition, and we have to really understand stand this, even in the midst of opposition, there was always an opportunity for us as believers to prove that Jesus is a better way, come on, to a better life. Even when it seems like we may be losing the battle, or maybe even we've lost the fight, Maybe we've experienced a setback. We actually can discover in all of that mess God's way to a better life. Why? Because we serve a God who redeems. We serve a God who restores. We serve a God who recovers. We serve a God, listen, that can recover everything that's been lost. And today I want to exhort you as your pastor. That we can get better because just as God proved in the book of Daniel, listen, God will prove to us. And I believe over the next several weeks, he's going to prove to us, number one, that he is in control. Listen, that he is sovereign. Come on, that he has his hand on our lives, that he has his hand on our church, that he has his hand on our family, and he is in control. And then... Secondly, he is faithful, and he has not forgotten about us. Listen, he will never leave us or forsake us, even in the trial, even in the storm, even in the darkness, even in the isolation, even in the depression. Listen, he will never leave you or forsake you. He is a faithful God. And even when you think, if you feel like you've lost everything, maybe you feel like you're starting over. Listen, he is faithful. In the midst of bitter circumstances, despite being taken captive by a culture that didn't want anything to do with their God and being threatened by a prideful king, Nebuchadnezzar, who thought the whole world evolved around him, he was just crazy. Daniel and his friends pursue a better way. They pursue Yahweh. Come on. And they experience a better life. And it leads me to my first point. As God, I believe he is calling us to better. To become 10 times better, you and I have to allow God to maximize us in the place of preparation. To become 10 times better, you and I have to allow God to maximize us in the place of preparation. You can look at this in Daniels 1, 3 to 5. I'm not going to take time to read it, but it opens up and tells us that Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king, had besieged Jerusalem. He had plundered the temple of God and had taken captive select men from Judah's royal family. Four of those men were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and they submerged them in the Babylonian culture for three years. They would call it, they were culturizing these young men. They would be taught the language, the Babylonian language, the literature. They would be fed the king's delicacies as well as identify with their religion. Then at the end of those three years, they would enter royal service to the king. In Daniel 1, if you read the opening statements and the opening verses of Daniel 1, it seems like the people of God have lost. But the only thing they really lost was their obedience and faithfulness to God. And listen, if you've lost your faithfulness to God and you've lost your obedience to God, I just want to encourage you, you're only one step from a turnaround. Listen, all you have to do, listen, is is repent or change your way of thinking today and listen, you can step right back into obedience and experience his faithfulness towards you. You can experience his favor towards you. You can experience his love towards you. But Daniel opens up and it seems like they've lost because of their disobedience and their unfaithfulness. And therefore, they find themselves in captivity. And in Daniel chapter one, we're introduced to these four young men, Daniel and his buddies. Something you have to be aware of, though, that you will overlook this because I did if you're not careful. Daniel 1, 2 says, the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into Nebuchadnezzar's hand with some of the articles of the house of God. The Lord gave. How many of you know, come on, You can't take what the Lord didn't give. And listen, if we're not careful, hello, if we're not careful, we will see this as the enemy getting a victory when all along God gave them the victory. Why? Because of the disobedience and unfaithfulness of God's people. How many you know there's consequences to our sin? Come on, there's consequences to doing things our own way. Come on, there are consequences... When we are prideful in our life and say, God, we don't need you. We got this. And it says, the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into Nebuchadnezzar's hand with some of the articles of the house of God. I believe Daniel and his friends, they understood this. And because they understood this, listen, Babylon became a preparation place and not a place where they would be frustrated and fight against it. You see, if you can see the Lord in your situation, the Lord will see you through the situation. If you know the Lord has brought you in, like Daniel and his friends did, they knew the Lord had brought them into captivity, but they also know the Lord would one day bring them out. In other words, God is in control. He is sovereign, even when everything out of us, listen, is out of control, out of our control, God is in control, amen? Daniel and his friends maximize their place of preparation. And here's how we can do the same. The first thing that we can do, and you can just write on, on the notes on the back of your thing, if you want to jot a few things down, I encourage you to do so. Especially this part. I really feel like this is something the Lord wanted me to hone in on. In order to maximize your place of preparation, you have to first recognize you're in a place of preparation. If not, you'll fight. Come on, you'll fight against the very thing that God wants to use in your life to prepare you. You'll be kicking against the goads. Come on, and all along it's God. Every single one of us has a place of preparation. I can look back on my life and I can tell you, yep, that was a place of preparation. There's there's stops. How many know you there's stops along the way? Because we all have a desired destination, but how many know the destination doesn't come without preparation? And I can look back on my life to all the things, listen, in all the places, even the difficult places, the places that I wanted to run from, the places that I said, God, why did you call me here? The places I said, because God was preparing me all along, what, for what? To be the pastor right here. To be the pastor. There are things that I learned 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, even three years ago that I'm using right now in this pastorate. Every single one of us has a place of preparation, but for many, it becomes a place of frustration because we don't recognize it as the place where God wants us to be. I've seen so many people exit the place of preparation because they're frustrated with God's process in their lives. They want God's purpose without God's process. (laughs) and how many know we need God's process come on to get to God's purpose from glory to glory he's changing me why is he changing me because he's got big things for me to change you see when you feel as though you've been overlooked because in the preparation place you got to look Daniel and his buddies they basically they were confined they were in jail they were being held against their will but how many know When you see God's hand in it, come on, you can stay in it, and that that very thing that was used to harm you, come on, can push you forward into your future. When you feel as though you've been overlooked, know that God hasn't lost sight of you. He will open the right doors at the right time. I want to encourage you, don't allow yourself to get frustrated what seems like a long season of preparation. Have you ever been in a long season of preparation? If you think about it, you say, I'm still in it, you know? (laughs) I hear you, I feel you. I I I remember being in a place and and it was it was difficult. it just seemed like you ever kind of get in one of those places, and you, it just seems like everything you do is like wrong, and it's like you hitting your, you're you running into walls, and you're like, can I do anything right? Can, I, can somebody help a brother out? I'm just having a hard time trying to figure this whole thing out, and then all of a sudden you have a revelation. Oh, God, you're preparing me for something bigger than where I'm at right now. And here's the funny thing. In the preparation place, he'll use people, come on, to mess up your process. And listen, come on. And what happens, what happens is we run away from people, and at the very same time, we're running away from God's plan to help us grow, come on, for that next season that God has for us. You need patience. I need patience (laughs) and perseverance in that place of preparation. I remember, I I can't tell you exactly where I was. Uh, I I know where I was, but I'm not going to tell you, you know, that'll be in a a book one day or another sermon one day. But I, I remember exactly where I was when the lights went on. And I remember I was so trying to get out of that place. I was clicking on the internet to see what jobs were available, I was like, and I just remember God saying, will you stop it? I'm doing a work in you, and listen, if you leave, I'm not going to be able to complete what I want to do in you for your next assignment. That's a hard one, but how you know, like I said last week, if you leave prematurely, it's okay. No condemnation. It just... It just, it just picks up right where you left off at the next place, all right? <laughs> Daniel and his friends recognized the Lord would preserve them in the place of preparation and they allowed God to equip them with what they needed to become 10 times better. See, your preparation place is not comfortable. It's not convenient. It's not without conflict or confrontation. That's a big one right there. Because conflict and confrontation... Especially, uh, especially in a lot of people's world, I know it was mine. Confrontation and conflict—we look at that as being unhealthy. When how you know there is such thing as healthy conflict, yes. there is such thing as healthy confrontation. Matthew 18, right? Go to your brother. They don't listen. Go back. Bring somebody. You see, there are scriptural principles of having healthy confrontation. Daniel and his friends recognized the Lord would preserve them in the place of preparation. Thirdly, in order to maximize your place of preparation, you have to refuse to lose your identity. You have to refuse to lose your identity. I'm not going to take time to read, read the passage, but you could see there as they were being held captive, Daniel and his buddies there, that the eunuchs changed their names. If you look up the names that the the chief eunuch changed them to, they were actually named after foreign gods. And so Daniel became Belteshazzar, Hananiah became Shadrach, Mishael became Meshach, Azariah became uh, Abednego. My youth pastor used to say, my shack, your shack, and a bungalow. All right. That's an old preacher's joke. I'm sorry. I love old preacher jokes. I'm just sorry. I'm a sucker for those. Anyway, but listen, even though they changed, the chief changed their names. Listen, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they didn't forget who God called them to be. Daniel means, listen to this, God is my judge. In other words, Daniel knew that God makes the final decision in my life. Not you, chief. Hello. Come on, my God is in charge, not you, chief. Hello. Hananiah means the Lord shows me grace. So here's Hananiah all locked up, and he knew that God had given him undeniable favor on my life, and so when he walked into jail, he was like, God, you're gonna give me favor with the chief eunuch. You're gonna give us favor all day long, which you'll find out he did in just a few minutes. Mishael means who is what God is. In other words, nothing can compare with the king that I serve. So I'm not surrendering myself to any idol, any Babylonian idol. I'm not eating any food that has been served up to idols. Nothing can compare with the king that I serve. And then Azariah means the Lord helps. How many could use some extra help? And Azariah, he knew that when I'm over my head, God will help me to overcome. And some of you need to know that's where leadership begins. Come on, when you jump in the deep end, when you're up over your head, how many know God will help you overcome? I believe there's somebody in this room. Listen, you are overwhelmed, and I want to assure you, God is going to help you overcome. Maybe you're in a work situation. Maybe you're in a work situation. I'm just declaring that you are going to overcome that situation in Jesus' name. And then lastly, about your preparation place, and I don't know how far I'm going to get in this message. You might need to go listen to first, because I'm I'm feeling the Lord saying, we need to pause right here. Is that all right? (laughs) In order to maximize your place of preparation, you can't afford to lose your identity. But here's the other thing you have to fight for intimacy with the Lord. In other words, you can't check your faith in God at the door in the foreign place. Faith has to become your filter. The unshakable confidence in God's character must guide you in the unfamiliar place, in the uncertain place, in the unknown place. You've got to know that you know, listen, listen, that nobody else puts you there except God. Come on. The culture is constantly in our face screaming that we must conform to its ways. But listen, how many know we've got to, it's got to be resisted, not received and we must seek God's face. Listen, with intensity, we must hold on to intimacy with God. I remember when I went to uh, Bible college, and um, I, I was a new believer, and I, I remember early on our church, anybody that, that was kind of in that age where they would graduate from the youth group to college, it was like you had to go, the, the choices were uh, Bible college and then Bible college. Yeah, that, that's the youth group I went to. It was Bible college, and then choice B was Bible college because if you went to the junior college, you're going to lose your faith. Yeah, you. you and I'm, I'm not kidding. It was like this. There was this fear kind of built up around. So I went to Bible college, and I got my foundation. Come on, that was one of my places of preparation. God put a foundation in my life, and then I went to Santa Rosa Junior College. And it was interesting because um, faith became my filter. I remember them teaching us in school. Listen, you have to filter everything through the truth of Scripture and who you know God to be, His character. Amen. And so I did that. And I remember one class that I took. It was uh, there was a bunch of classes that were, were 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 way off, but one of those was Psychology One A. And I'm, I'm not downing on psychology, but this particular professor, uh, one class, he invited. Uh, students to stay after so that he could hypnotize them. And so there was about six, six, five or six of us that stayed, and I stayed just to pray (laughs) and to see, right? And so he began doing this little, you know, one step and close your eyes and breathe deep, and, and I began praying in the Holy Spirit. And it was funny because he started getting frustrated, and I was just sitting there like, you know, I was just praying underneath my breath. And and, and after a while, there, there was about four of them that left. And there was this one girl, I don't know if she got hypnotized or she was faking or not, but I just stayed and I prayed. And God, listen, it was incidents like that that God began to train me. Come on. On how to better minister to you, to better equip myself, to know how to equip youth that were graduating from our youth group and were deciding to go. Because how many know it, the the how the, many know Santa Rosa Junior College became a training ground for me? It can be when you have a strong faith. Come on, and you filter everything through the truth of Scripture. Hello, yes, students do lose their faith, but listen, how many know they don't have to. You see, what I was learning was not meant to educate me, but to elevate me. Come on. We can't be afraid to learn from others that don't believe like us, behave like us, because God wants us to have a better perspective. Why? So we can better serve people, better serve people, better help people, better lead them into the truth. Amen. Secondly, to become 10 times better, you're going to have to be determined to make right decisions. Daniel chapter chapter one, again, verse eight says, but Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. Your determination, listen, our determination can't cave into the delicacies of the king. Our determination has to be bigger than the temptation, And just because culture is consuming it, listen to me, parents, just because culture is consuming it doesn't mean we have to eat it as a family. And just because it's on the menu doesn't mean we have to order it. Since Pastor Damien came on staff, uh, we all have become better eaters. (laughs) Or should I say we're all really trying hard? I mean... We all now, when we go to Jack's, we all order the lemon thyme chicken, come on, thinly sliced extra grill. That is the key right there. But now the secret you need to know about Pastor Damien, if you take him out, and I recommend that you take him out, all right, is that he never orders directly off the menu. He makes up his own dish. I mean, last week we were at C.F. Chang's up here at this Chinese restaurant, and I'm not joking. Uh, the, the, the waitresses in there are funny anyway, but man, they get mad at Pastor Damien because he'll just, he'll just put the menu down. And he said, can I do some chicken with some bok choy and some garlic? And they're like, you're messing up the menu, right? And so he orders this dish and she looks at me and like, she's like mad. Her eyes are coming out, like bugging out. She's looking at me and I'll go, I just said, I'll just have the same thing as him right there. (laughs) You see, Pastor Damien has big goals. He eats better. I have a big gut. I need to eat better, right? But I have to be more determined. Andy Stanley said it like this. He said, life is the sum of your decisions. In other words, when things don't turn out as, as planned, it's not always the devil's fault. Sometimes it's ours. Let's pray. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Our decisions as believers, listen, should be prayerfully made. Come on, with the wisdom of counselors around us. Come on, mentors, parents, friends. Correct. Our decisions as believers should add up to a life that's better, not a life that's bitter because of bad choices that we made. And then what happens is we like to blame everybody else. Or at least I like to blame everybody else. I don't know about you, right? But that that we would live the better life, a life with no regrets. A life without any excuses like, I shoulda, I coulda. I woulda. You see, it takes determination to live better. The New King James Version says that Daniel purposed in his heart. And I just want to encourage us. Listen, our heart in this, this season that we're in, our heart as a church, our heart as a people of God, Our heart has to be hungrier for God's purpose than our flesh is for sinful pleasure. That, listen, the things of God, listen, God wants to make your heart on fire for the things of God, the presence of God. Listen, that you would so long, listen, to be in the presence of God that you would get here at 859. I had to slide that in there. I'm just saying. Listen, listen, don't you know you make it hard on the worship leader when there's only three people in the seats? All right. I'm just saying, all right, all right. But our heart has to be hungrier for God's purpose than our flesh is for sinful pleasure. Leads me to my third point. To become 10 times better, we are going to find God's favor in unfavorable places. I'm not going to take time to read it all. But Daniel 1.9 says, now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. New King James says, now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill, the chief of the eunuchs. You see, Daniel does this. How does he he get, get the favor of God? He asks the question that no one's asking. And in turn, he gets the answer no one else is seeking and I just believe, listen, listen, if you're not asking, I want to ask you why. Listen, when I was a young boy, uh, I had the fear of asking I had a little traumatic experience when I was six or seven years old, and so I was kind of uh, afraid to ask any adults any questions. And so back in the day, your mom and your mom and my mom used to send us to the store back in the day when it was safe, and you could do that. They used to send us to the store, and I'd take my younger sister, and we'd go get the loaf of bread or the butter or the eggs or whatever my mom needed from Fry's, which was down the street, not the Fry's electronic store, but Fry's, <laughs> the old grocery store. And I remember, I remember, like, we couldn't find something, and then I would just tap and i say, hey, you go ask. And my younger sister said, no, you go ask. No, no, you ask you ask, right? So she would go up to the cashier and say, hey, could you help us find this? And listen, to my amazement, that cashier never yelled back at us. In fact, sometimes they'd even step out from behind the cashier and they'd walk us down the aisle and show it exactly where that item was. Do you know that that's what God wants to do with you? If you would just dare to ask God. Come on for favor. Listen, he wants to step out. Come on from where he is. And he wants to show you his goodness. He wants to show you his kindness. He wants to show you his favor in your life. You see, that's what favor is. It's experiencing the king's kindness, the king's goodness, the king's faithfulness when the odds are stacked against us. And how many know getting the favor of God is getting the best God has to offer and the best of God listen, makes us better. And I felt like as I was preparing that some of us are asking the Lord, how in the world are you ever going to do this? How is this all gonna come together? And he would say to you today, I'm bringing you into favor and goodwill in an unfavorable place. I feel like some of you've been sitting in this unfavorable place for a while and I believe God is going to release favor in the unfavorable place. If that's you, can I just pray for just a moment? But you just say, I need favor in an unfavorable place. Lord, we just release favor, your goodness, your kindness. And God, we are going to ask the question, God, so that we can receive, Lord, a good answer. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen. You see, God's favor opens the door for our influence to increase. I'm gonna just give you four or five and I'm gonna end with six. I'm gonna give you four and five real quickly. To become 10 times better, you're going to be tested before you're trusted. Daniel purposes in his heart not to be defiled by the king's delicacies, and he asks the chief eunuch to change the menu. He does, uh, out of, uh, he was afraid to do it, but Daniel talks him into it. He says, Feed us vegetables and water for 10 days, and then compare us with the other guys. And so they do it for 10 days, and sure enough, This is what the scripture says, that Daniel was better and fatter in the flesh, or i just like to say he was buffer than everybody else, than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Listen, this is what I want to tell you. The greater the test, the greater trust is being developed in your relationship with God. Just think, the menu, come on, was Daniel's first test. The second test was having to interpret King Nebuchadnezzar's dream or be killed. The third test was getting thrown in the fiery furnace. The fourth test was getting thrown in the lion's den. Hello. You see, the test, the trial, is developing in you a greater trust for a greater assignment. Number five, when God excels your life, when he makes it 10 times better, he will make you an example to be examined by others. It says in all matters of wisdom, in, in verse 20, it says, again, the king is examining them and he finds them 10 times better. Here's what I want to give you real quick as we close. The key to a better life is knowing that God alone is behind the better. Listen, that we, can, you know, we can't get better without his grace. We can't get better without, come on, his mercy. We can't get better without his love. He is behind all the better. Come on. And God will take your wisdom, your understanding, your gifts, and he will multiply them. He'll make room for your gift. If you see somebody excelling in his work, Proverbs twenty-two twenty-nine says, he will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. This is what I want us to walk away with. Daniel didn't pursue or chase after greatness, but his gifts and excellence, come on, promoted him to greatness. How does that happen? It's God's way and his ways lead to a better life. Daniel chapter two, and we don't have time to read it, but why must the people of God come on and why are we doing a series called Better, God's Way? Why are we doing it? Why? God calls us to a better life so that we can help others find the better life. Daniel 2 Verse one, Nebuchadnezzar has this dream and it keeps him up all night. It's one of those dreams that he's trying to figure out. He's worried about it. He's anxious about it. And the king calls the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers of the day. And he tells them, listen, I need you to interpret my dream. But so I know that you're not blowing smoke. Not only do you have to interpret my dream, you need to tell me what my dream is first, then interpret it. And he says, if you don't, we're going to start killing some of y'all. And he delivers on his promises, and he starts killing them. In the meantime, Daniel hears about it, and he intervenes. You can see this in chapter 2, verse 16. And Daniel goes before the king. Come on. He goes before the king, and he pleads the king. He says, give me more time. To get the king the interpretation and they go to his house and they seek the mercies of God. And guess what? Verse 19, it says, then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Why? Because Daniel not only intervened, Daniel intercedes. We see that in verses 20 to 23, and he says, I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might and have, known, and have made known to me what we asked of you, for you have made known to us the king's demand. How we know God doesn't want to hold anything good from you? Listen, some of you have big questions. God wants to answer those questions, and in verse Uh, Daniel 2, verse 30, and I close with this. God reveals to Daniel the secret, come on, to save others. He says this. Listen to this. He says, but as for me, this secret, the dream that the king had and its interpretation, it has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living, but for our sakes, talking about the magicians, astrologers, the sorcerers, Daniel and his friends, So listen, for our sakes, so that we would not be killed, but for our sakes, who make known the interpretation of the king, and that you may know the thoughts, king of Nebuchadnezzar, that you may know the thoughts of your heart. In other words, Daniel says, I'm not better than anyone else, but my God is behind my better. I'm just here on behalf of my God to make this situation better. And Nebuchadnezzar, God wants to give you a better life. And how many know that's exactly what Jesus did for you and I? Come on. Come on. He went, come on, he went before us and pled our case. Come on, he's intervening and interceding on our behalf. And listen, God wants to reveal to you a better way for a better life, a better way for a better family, a better way, maybe for a better job, a better way for whatever you need. That's better with every head bowed and every eye closed. Listen, I'm just going to ask real quickly. If you're here and you want the better life that Jesus promises each and every one of us, would you slip up your hand? I just want to pray for you. Yes, 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 yes. Hands up all over. Yes. You just say, I need the better life because now I know there's a better way. How many know Jesus is the way? For those that just lifted their hands, we're gonna have a second call in just a moment. I'm gonna ask my prayer ministers to come in just a moment. But can we just pray a prayer together? Can we just say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my disobedience and unfaithfulness. Today I change my mind and I ask you to change my heart so that I can see my life changed. Thank you for going before me, dying on the cross, and making a better way to a better life, an abundant life. Forgive me. Today, I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. Thank you that today you're behind the better. Take my situation, take my circumstance and work it out for your good. In Jesus' name, I trust you. I look to you. I believe in you. In Jesus' name, amen.